Comrades, how's everybody doing today? This is Jeff uh, coming to you uh, on a very special edition of Good Morning Comrade. Uh, today we have, uh, well, first off, we have a uh, returning champion. You've been on the show like five times already, right, Diana? Something like that. You've been on well, it was just once, but we've just done a lot of podcasting together. <laughs> I thought we talked about baseball one time and wrestling. I don't remember. Whatever. That's not that important. But anyway, we have Diana Hussein, super friend of the show, on, on the program again. Oh, uh, good morning, doing? comrades. Yes, yes, yes. We also have uh, two workers from Comrades in Coffee, uh, and they're going to tell us a little about what's going on. But uh, first, let's give them a chance to introduce themselves. Uh, first off, we have Leah. Leah, hey, how are you? Hi, I'm well. My name is Leah Green. I have been working with Great Lakes for seven months and in the coffee industry as a barista for two years. Um, and I'm here and striking today because I believe that I should be able to be in a job I love while being treated like a person and a valued member of the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we also uh, also on strike with uh, Coffee and Comrade, the Great Lakes Coffee. Um, we have uh, Max. Max, Hello. introduce yourself. This is Max coming live from Hamtramck, Michigan. Uh, longtime barista, uh, short yet terrible time working for Great Lakes Coffee, and uh, now we're on strike, and we're going to get into it about why and where we're going and what we're trying to achieve. Sure. So I guess uh, to ask, uh, I can guess kind of kick it to uh, you to start with, Max. Um, so. Y'all are on strike at Great Lakes Coffee. What are the what are the reasons that you're on strike? What's going on up, up there? Uh, and just maybe like lay it out for us. So it's been a worsening situation at the company for a while. People who have been at the company for longer than I have can confirm that it has never been great. However, these issues, like everything else, seemed to get worse with the pandemic. Um, issues like they're paying baristas ten or eleven dollars an hour. Um, expecting us to work long shifts, doing things to get around paying us overtime, doing things to get around giving us health care, doing things to get around giving us breaks, um, doing things to get around having like an actual shift leader at the store. So they're having regular baristas take on those responsibilities. Um, oh, they're, they're having regular workers do like manager tasks? Well, yeah, every day I'm asked like, hey, are we running low on anything? What's the inventory like? And I'm like, specifically, that was a different job posting. You know what I mean? <laughs> but they got rid of that because they figured if we can have someone do it for 11, why would we pay someone 12? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we'll just make the people that make the least do more work. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah, it's that that's simple. Just, that's just good business, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, I could, we could go on and on, but basically it came to a head um, when at Leah's location, there was a big COVID outbreak. And I'm going to pass the mic because Leah can probably speak more on that. Uh, we work at two different locations. I work sure. at Rivertown. Leah's at Midtown. Sure. Go ahead, Leah. 
Thank you. Uh, yeah, at um, my location. I also worked with Max for a while at Rivertown, yes. but mm -hmm. I mostly work at the flagship um, location. Uh, out of the 15 people, nine of us fell sick, uh, tested positive with COVID, two of mm -hmm. them being our, both of our managers, the general manager and the assistant manager. There was me and then a couple others left, and the four of us were on shift every day like for three four days in a row and um by we were all exposed to the people who tested positive so by that on the seventh we were like this oh, is i'm sorry i don't mean to interrupt so, so they were coming into work while they had COVID and they knew it or you don't know they didn't know okay as soon as they tested positive they stayed home okay but before they tested positive they were still in and we were exposed to them while they were having symptoms mm -hmm. um but on that day when we realized we were told that two other people tested positive um me and a couple other of my coworkers and now comrades we decided that it is our social responsibility to do something about it because it would be unfair to us it would be unfair to the public and to people who come in like the dmc workers that are right across the street that come in every day we serve them and the chance that we are causing the virus to spread we didn't want that responsibility on our shoulders so that's when we decided to um, send the email uh, mm -hmm. to say that we want um, proper PPE and if we want if they want us back we need masks and people need to test negative mm -hmm. and and just to really quickly to get to touch on what is coffee with comrades so this is something like a so so first off y'all are on a recognition strike right yes. and 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 mm -hmm. can you just describe what coffee with comrades is and then maybe just describe first what a recognition strike is for for um audience that might not know comrades and it, coffee i got it backwards okay right? i was i was about to say um Diana coffee, said coffee is us i mean as all of this is coming out i remember i was standing in my kitchen and leah called me and said, are you down to form a union and go on strike? And I said, yes, absolutely. Um, I did not have to think about it for a second. You know what I mean? I've been waiting for this my whole life. Um, but yeah, Comrades and Coffee is is about, you know, numbers keep changing, but it's about 20 baristas and cooks. It's the vast majority of uh, the baristas. And am I frozen? Because you guys are. No, you're not. You're good. Oh, okay. Damn, that was crazy. Uh, <laughs> um Yes. Okay. So the vast majority of baristas and cooks that work for the company are part of this union. Um, we hit up Unite here in the local 24 to kind of get like larger union backing. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> Leo? Oh, um, I, I feel like the numbers keep growing. Uh, mm -hmm. When we first started out, I... It was since I was part of the four people that first started being like, okay, I think we should take this. We have enough numbers. We can start the process of reaching out to a union. Um, I called Max, Piers, and a lot of people from the Rivertown location and other people I knew. At first, we didn't have that many numbers, but it keeps growing. Recently, we added uh, Mary, who also works at Rivertown. So that is something that I feel like is the least of our worries, the numbers, the numbers keep increasing. Um, mm -hmm. The recognition is, I believe, 
we sent an email to the Miracles about um, to be recognized as a union, and we have not received a response. We want a fair contract, and that process hasn't been started yet. So with our picketing and our striking, our goal is to get that process started to get a fair contract and to be able to form a union so we can work in the environment we love and be treated with respect. Yeah. And I'm looking at your um, website right now. It says you're asking for, for PPE, like masks and clear COVID protocols. Like you mentioned, um, people need to test negative after they're being exposed and things like that. Um, $15 an hour and fair tip distribution, um, which, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I mean, $15 an hour is, I mean, it used to have, it, at a, there was a time where that yeah. would have been a living wage and, and now things have sort yeah. of, you know, that, that campaign yeah. went on for over a decade and I know, it, was I was... Never, it was never realized, unfortunately, at least not broadly. And, and, yeah. you know, that's still the fight. Um, and, and so y'all, do you have problems with uh, tip distribution? Um, I mean, there's different problems based on the location. The problem at my location is I don't really make any tips because it's oh, like, no. it's really not that busy. So you know what I mean? They can say like, oh, like, yeah, we're only paying you 11. But with all these tips, when I hired me, they said, oh, you'll make up to like 17 to 18 bucks an hour after after taxes, even before taxes. That's not even close to accurate. After taxes, I probably make close to 14 an hour, mm -hmm. um, which you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. is not a living wage by 10 years ago standards and uh it's 10 years later um yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. uh but then there's issues at, at midtown which were a little crazier about like balancing out the drawer with employees tips um which is illegal for what it's worth but mm -hmm. <laughs> wait could you say that again what can you describe like, uh, like leah do you want to you want to talk on that um yeah uh I believe what Max is talking about is that our cash tips, um, at the end of the day, when you balance the drawers, the cash tips were um, used to balance the drawer out. What? That's wild. Like, uh, how, how did that? That definitely sounds wrong. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like, like you have the tip jar, you have the drawer. Like those are two separate entities. They don't they don't cross over. You don't get the tip jar into that. And I, yeah. I was a server for ten years, and I knew that one. I've yeah, this I've never seen this happen anywhere I've worked. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's quite literally unheard of. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, that's wild. Uh, anti harassment and discrimination protections are also in your demands. Affordable health, dental, and vision insurance. That one, I mean. Yeah, totally. I mean, again, again I'm not in your situation, but um, when I was a server, I just basically didn't have health insurance. And this was prior yeah. to uh, like even even the scraps that came along with, uh, the, you know, the Obamacare, Medicaid expansion, yeah. things like that. Um, stable, predictable scheduling. Oh, my God. That is like, you know, two days before. I mean, mm -hmm. can you talk about what the scheduling situation was like? Because when I was a server, it was like, the two days before or like the day before, like the next week of scheduling, you wouldn't know if you had to work on Thursday or something. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it'll be things like that. It'll be things like for some reason, like this, before we went on strike, they had me scheduled from noon to four. That's a four hour shift. That's like mm -hmm. a whole part of my day I have to set aside. Mm-hmm. 
and there's barely any work. And it's like, why did that happen when I'm coming in at 10 every day otherwise? And just weird stuff like that. Um, the classic yeah. mid-shift move, yeah. Yeah, but obviously, yeah, also not knowing our schedule till right before or just deliberately keeping it understaffed because it like, if they can have, like I was just the only person working at Rivertown, mm -hmm. like two, two or three days a week, I'd be there 10 hour days, just me doing everything. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I only did put up with that because I knew we were going on strike. I had to just like keep up appearances. Mm -hmm. But if I, if this wasn't planned, I would have walked out. I would not have accepted any of these terms, you know. With and, me, uh, there was, oh, I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. I was uh, just going to say, Leah, what did you like to add to this? <laughs> it's um, when I was hired, I was told I'd get from 28, 20, 25, 28, 30, about that many hours. And I never got that. I got like two shifts a week. There's been times where I was not even on the schedule. And out of the two shifts I got, they always used to be days that I said I couldn't work. Um, oh for until January, I had open availability, like from open to close every day, except for once a week when I had a doctor's appointment. And for some reason, they always like, scheduled me for that one day or I would not get hours at all. And that was one of the reasons that um, I wanted to form a union mm -hmm. because it's, I had to sit down with management two, three times to talk about my hours and there was never any um, changes ever. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, that is not fair to anyone. Uh, not only did I not get how many hours I wanted, they always post the schedule Sunday night. So we had to be on the phone at like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Is the schedule posted yet? When are we working? What's going on? And I think there's even been a couple times that the schedule wasn't even posted. They only told the Monday people what, what if they're coming in. Oh and that is God. ridiculous. Because if I'm scheduled for a day I can't work, then I have to talk about it after the schedule is posted the next week. And if you if you have something going on that day, how do you switch your schedule with somebody else or whatever? Yeah, like because they don't know they they everyone's messed up. I have to find a way to cover the shift. I have to tell the management if the management isn't fast enough. It's like I have to cover the shift. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. that's not my and, job. And plus, money, that's money that money that that if you were working a shift that you actually could have worked, you would be getting, but you have to give that away for your other mm -hmm. obligations. It's all it's all wild. I also want to like tie this into the something I've just really been brewing on, which is like we have management. They make more than we do and we're working really hard and they are not doing their jobs mm -hmm. at all. They're hitting me up to ask about inventory. One of my managers asked me where to order or asked my coworker where to order towels like um, <laughs> and they're not so doing much. the schedule. It's like, Man what are you doing? Management is asking the workers, how do you order stuff? That yes. is wild. Yes, and it's like, what do you provide this company? You're saying I should only make 11. You're making more than me, and you're not doing anything. What do they do with their time? I really don't know, besides, like, make our lives difficult and be petty. I really don't know, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, just to sort of round out some of the, some of the other things that y'all are, uh, demanding here 
stable, predictable scheduling. We just touched on that. Paid time off, including sick days and parental leave. That that's like should be a given at the best of times. And considering that we're in the middle of, oh, hopefully on the back end. But I mean, I'm not going to say anything's over before it's over. But like of a, a global pandemic, right? That has killed you know, hundreds of thousands of American people and millions across the world. And and it's affected people, you know, more than you know, we've ever seen in any of our lifetimes. And the fact that, you know, if you have to miss time, miss work, because you get sick with this, because you had to work and contracted it at work or whatever, um, you have to miss out on the money that you would have otherwise made if you go into work. Those sick days just get like wiped away. And it's it's wild. Do you want to talk about it a little bit, Leah? I mean, you mentioned sure. um, um, an outbreak at the at a, at a at a site that you worked at. Uh, when our my coworkers they all fell sick, uh, a lot of us we were so worried. They're like, I don't know how to pay rent. I can't come into work. We're not getting sick pay. I do not know how to pay rent. There was people who were like, Oh, I think I should isolate. I haven't tested positive. I'm waiting on my results. I think I should isolate, but I have to pay rent. I think I'm going to come in. It's like you shouldn't have to choose between paying rent and public health of others. Like that's not a choice you should be making. Um, There's been times where I was sick and I couldn't come into work and I'm already getting so less hours. Mm -hmm. So it's I am I do not have any parents. I'm fully financially supporting myself. I have talked about this to managements when I got hired and afterwards. Money money is the reason I'm working and I need to be paid what I was promised. And even through all this, the hardest part about um, getting forming a union was all of us being like, you know what? We know uh, difficulty will be the money, but we're going to hold on to it and we're going to, we know what we're getting. And that's why we are here now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 that leads into sort of like the next place I wanted to go with this conversation. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about like what the how things went when you started, you know, started this process of organizing a union. So, um, what was that like? How was the outreach going? And how did y'all get to be get to this capacity? How long have y'all been been doing this for? Even it Not started. Um. Uh. Well, with us, I feel like that's when it started. And the first week of January, we are in February, second week. So it's been a little over a month. Um, at first, it was just within the workers and uh, the miracles. We didn't get much of a response. It was, and it was the lack of response that made us reach out to the union. Um, and after we joined with the union, we worked for, I'd say, two weeks, three weeks. And then we are here now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, Max. Yeah. We, it was at first we had to like figure out how to do this. And we, we have people within comrades and coffee who have like definitely putting in the hours, but you know, a lot of people I know are like, Oh, unions are the thing. Unions are the way to go. But it's a whole other thing to say, like what material processes do you actually have to do? Like, and one of the main things was getting everyone um, well, contacting the larger Unite here, Local A20, and then um, getting everyone to sign a union card. You know what I mean? Just to make it official. Like that was a, a big part of the process. And once we had all the cards in one place, 
and had like a very clear majority of of who wanted to unionize um we knew we knew we could do it um we could have gone for tried to get the union recognized by vote but there's a bunch of reasons that doesn't really work Mm -hmm. um diana probably knows more about that um but we figured since so many people were already out of work at midtown it really made sense just to go directly to strike because they didn't really have anything to lose a lot of them had already found second jobs or like something um so there was no reason not to go on strike it wasn't you know we had so many people out of work already who were still technically employees of great lakes mm -hmm. so that's why we did that yeah and and again there's just to sort of clarify this for our audience this um this unit here is on a recognition strike which differs from the from a, a more common i think process of um getting you know cards counted and, and having an election y'all are basically on strike for um the you're essentially one of your demands is for the boss to recognize that you have a union as opposed to having to have a vote for that for that process is that correct yes, yes. <clears throat> and i should also add this is diana i should also add that they want a contract too so that's part of the demand one of the main reasons why this is a route is like we all know right now the need for massive labor law reform in this country like the labor law does not really favor workers as much as it favors the boss. And I think that one of the biggest tactics that the boss takes on in these organizing drives is um, stalling and they'll stall forever before workers get their first contract. So this is part of the demand is that fair first contract in addition to union recognition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Hundred percent. And also, uh, I just want to add too, like you know, with all the coffee shop organizing in the country, it's really, really exciting. This is clearly a fed-up group of workers. This is the only one that's doing a recognition strike, and to our knowledge, this is the first recognition strike in the Detroit area in decades. So, I just want to give major kudos to these workers for being so brave and going on strike to begin with, which is just requires a lot of courage in the first place, but also taking on a kind of unique bit of unique role in labor history right now and who knows what this might inspire not just across metro detroit baristas but across the labor movement as a whole with this success right now these workers have a lot a lot riding on this and it's just really exciting to see because like you're listening to leah and max talk right now and there's just two among a, a unit of a very very close-knit very very like strong group of collective like kind of spirit already they're coming into this they are already the union it's just up to the company yeah. whether they want to recognize yeah. it or not yeah and, uh, i just want to speak on that for a second i mean i've had a bunch of jobs that are bad and this is the first one that unionized and um i think all workplaces should be um but i think the reason ours was able to is because of the people and um we have relationships like friendships outside of work and we see each other as people outside of work and like leah came and saw my band one time and like i'll go and hang out there and like a bunch of the other baristas live together there's a couple comrades that live like a walking distance to my house like it's a real community um and i think that's why we were able to be on the same page so quickly and want to stand up for each other so quickly and not just throw in the towel and go try to like oh let's see if we can make 12 an hour somewhere let's see if we can make 13. we said no let's let's stick together and make at least 15. Mm -hmm. you know yeah totally um 
Did you also, um, one of the things that Diana just mentioned is some of the other, um, there's this huge drive that's happening across the country. It seems like every day there's more Starbucks locations that are uh, popping up and saying that they're wanting to be a part of this uh, Starbucks Workers United. Did y'all see that when y'all were bringing this whole thing together or were y'all sort of pre uh, prior to that when y'all started or, or I don't, I don't see this as a coincidence that, that y'all and, and Starbucks are particularly like coming together at similar times and coalescing. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to continue, Max? No, you go for it. Um, I used to work at Starbucks and I just want to say that the way we're being treated is not that different, um, especially with COVID. Uh, coffee is still coffee. People still come and get their coffee every day. Um, since you're at a job where people come and go very fast, COVID uh, protocols and COVID, um, everything related to COVID, you are in front lines. And it's been almost two years of this going on. Baristas had to face the harsh ends of all this. So I completely understand everything that's going on with Starbucks. Um, I have a couple of friends who are in Starbucks right now. And I stand in complete solidarity. And I'm so, so, so happy that we can ha be united in this way. Um, baristas don't get seen as much as they should. We are, I feel like, like the backbone of a lot of people's everyday lives. Yeah. You come in, yes. you get your coffee, and then you start the day. Yeah. And I, I'd like to add, um, we do a social good, man. Like Necessity, make, I would even say. We make people... Like, I, I, I always say this, like, I could have a bunch of different jobs. I don't have a college degree, but whatever. I could give out parking tickets. I could be towing people's cars. I could be, like, a court clerk making people pay thousands in legal fines. No, like, what I do makes people happier. And that's a very rare job. A lot of jobs in our uh, the world we have are jobs of, like, exploiting people, making people's lives worse, man. Like, we provide a social good, and we're happy to do it. Um, our job doesn't have to suck. Like me and Leah have had a bunch of fun working together. It can be a great job. We're really good friends. Be... I've been yeah. to so many of your band events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Out. And like, it's not just Max. It's like all of us. It's at Max's band. There was like, what, five of us who came up? It's we're. It's a big friendship. And yeah. it doesn't just extend towards the coworkers. It extends further into the customer base. A lot of my friendships I've formed since I moved to Detroit, I've had through Great Lakes. I'm not originally from Detroit. I moved here from New Jersey. And when I came to Detroit, it was because of the culture and the art and working in the heart of Midtown. It gave me the perfect place to make these connections and form these friendships. And I don't want to have to walk out of this job that I love, these customers I love to serve, these coworkers I love to work with just because I'm not treated the way I should. Yeah. And that goes for all of us. We mm -hmm. we love our jobs. We love each other. We love our customers. I think I think that there's a big like psychological pressure on service workers that like they should feel like what they're doing is not important, not relevant, not like not a real job and have them get down on themselves and internalize that. Like, why am I not good enough to get a real job instead of saying no, I like my job. I'm good at my job. And what I do actually does make the world like nicer compared to so much other things I could be doing. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I think that pride is where is where the union effort has to come from. You can't get together and unionize around like a job you see no worth in, you know. Um, and that's that's not what we're doing, you know. I this is a craft. I've put years into it. I can make a really good latte. Everyone tells me that, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's almost like one of those things because I mean I can I know I've had so many painful conversations with regular people that um they they almost sort of say like like service jobs and i've i mean i used to work at a it wasn't a starbucks officially but it was a um it was like one of those barnes and noble cafes that serve starbucks stuff um and i've worked i've worked every crappy job you could possibly imagine like dishwasher and on all these other things and like it's hard work and the thing that you hear when you're having conversation with people is, oh, those are jobs that people start at while they're going to school or while they're uh, or they move up to something bigger or better to management or yeah. whatever. And it's like that is almost like a socially um, like proscribed yeah. um, sort of sort of positioning, because these yeah. jobs, like as you like, as you mentioned, Max, are really, really important for definitely for the people who are going in and buying the coffee or going exactly. to the restaurant and getting served or whatever. And, but but, but yeah. there's this, I'm sorry, let me just really yeah, quick. No, finish. Um, there's this sort of like repeated sort of like bashed into your skull, like, oh, that's not a real job. And that's mm -hmm. so, so untrue. That's so, yes. so like, yeah. um, it, it's really like elitist. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know it's, I mean? it's, it's, it's absolutely untrue. Um, I think it also serves to poison the minds of like people working in those jobs. Cause if you see, you can endure anything if you see it as temporary. Um, I've been working in food service for almost 10 years now. I've been working since I was 15. So I'm realizing it's not temporary. So it's just clearly not true that um, these are just starter jobs or that it's very easy to get a six figure job in this country. And it's absolutely not. And I would also add, even if it were true, which it's not that these are starter jobs, while someone's working at a job like this, they should still be able to afford to live, even if it's temporary, even if it's just for college students, even if it's I'm still giving you hours of my one beautiful, limited life. I will die one day. These are precious moments and I'm renting my labor out to these people. So even if it's temporary, even if I'm unskilled and both of these aren't true, you still have to pay me. You still have to pay me a fair amount. Absolutely. I just want to give Max the snaps <laughs> for that. That yeah. was really well said. And I just want to add on to that, that like, you know, Max and Leah are members now of the Hospitality Workers Union Unite here. Like, we've seen what this industry has kind of taken from the pandemic. It's been among the hardest, if not the hardest hit. When they had the peak lockdown measures, what shut down first? It was hospitality industry. And yet it opened pretty quickly. Like we really can't even say in Michigan with a democratic governor that our state was ever really closed for that long. Like people were back at work. These are frontline workers as much as the healthcare workers that had to go to work the whole time are because we made them be. We forced them to go to back to work and said, we need our lattes because we need to have our caffeine kicks for when we go and do our jobs too. We made them go back to work and yet What's happening now is the industry is recovering. Great Lakes is doing fine. 
And yet they're still using this pandemic, just like this industry did after 9-11, use a, 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 a crisis as an excuse to cut labor because that's where their bottom line can has some room to spare and cut costs around labor. You're seeing it in the, in the hotel industry with daily room cleaning being cut and eliminating 180,000 U.S. housekeeping jobs alone. Like these, these, these hospitality companies are just using this as an excuse. And then to call it like unskilled versus skilled, this whole debate. No, if we, if they were so unskilled and we didn't need this labor, then we wouldn't have forced them to open up as early as we did. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear to me at least, and then, and, and y'all can touch on this if you'd like, but it's the idea of it is to create like two separate groups of workers one that has like respectability and like rights and prestige and like this idea that they have like a real job or whatever and another one that like doesn't have all that stuff and having them be pitted against one another as opposed to looking at what the real problem is which is losses yes um yeah absolutely and i'll say like um just getting back on the health the health tip of this, um, our director of operations, who I won't name because he don't even deserve it. I'm not going to say his name, but like our director of operations after Midtown kind of shut down because people weren't going to come in and then they indefinitely closed it. He came in to kind of um, put the heat on me and see what I knew and like, you know, try to figure out what's going on. Oh, no one's ever complained to us about anything, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I told him, frankly, uh, you know, I think we do deserve hazard pay considering we're working in the middle of a pandemic. If I get sick here and I have to take five days off work, I'm not making any money on those days. And he looked me dead in my eyes and said, so you think you should get paid more just for coming into work? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, bro. Yes. That's exactly what I think. But I, yep. <laughs> I had to drop it because like, obviously he wasn't going to listen to reason. So I was just right. like, never mind. One on one but, is never the time to pull. No, and this was before we really had uh, Unite here involved, and like we, I didn't know what was going on. I was like outside of the Midtown bubble, so I'm just like, this was the next day, and I'm had no idea, but I knew that I stood with Midtown and that uh, the management are terrible and don't and incompetent and buffoons. So. Totally. <laughs> So um, just to kind of like move the conversation forward a little bit. Um, so y'all have been on strike for most of this week. I think y'all started. When did y'all start? What was the day? Wednesday? Uh, January 7th, I believe. The strike oh, this, like this official strike started. Oh, the official Wednesday. strike was yeah. Wednesday was Wednesday. Okay. And um, I guess I'll, like we've, uh, you know, I've been keeping an eye on that. Um, I've seen uh, the, the, the iconic pictures of uh of leah holding the sign up you know with the, you know in iconic. front of the um in front of the store and all these other things um what has been the experience of being on strike um i've never been and i've been too like showed up in solidarity to other people's and other uh, other strikes and yeah. things like that and it's like absolutely overwhelming yeah. um what is it like to be on strike i suppose it's been a blast so far man um <laughs> we're dancing like dj and stuff it was awesome. i know yeah we're out in like freezing cold but like i was out i was out striking today and we were just dancing i don't know maybe that's just detroit i don't know but there was a, there was a literal snowstorm yesterday and like <laughs> 
feet of snow or whatever. And like, they're out there building a snow striker. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Morales, uh, hi. I mean, what do you think, Leah? On Wednesday, it was very, um, it, it felt very freeing. Um, I didn't in the morning, I showed up at seven around 1030. I went on campus with on Wednesday. I'm a student at Wednesday with like a stack of flyers. And then I try to find students, teachers to pass the flyers out. And um, I, I thought there wouldn't be that many people showing up. It's very short notice. And then when I went back on um, in front of the store at 1130, it was filled. There was just a huge crowd. And it was me and my and Kiki. Kiki's also a coworker. I live with Kiki. We've been roommates and coworkers. Um, we saw the group, and it was like the biggest smile was on our face. It's it feels so good to see that people can see us. They recognize us. They 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 support us. And it's there. You see a lot of regulars there. You see a lot of customers. I. I saw one of my uh, favorite customers, Grant, and all of us, we ran to him. We were sobbing. It's, it was such a uniting moment and not just within um, the union and not just within um, each other. It's within the Detroit community. There was people driving by and they were like honking their car to show support. And it was all over people who couldn't show up to the protest. I know a lot of my classmates are like, I have class. I can't show up. They posted it on their Instagram. They posted it on Twitter, on TikTok. They spread the word. And it feels very liberating and very powerful to be part of this um, this moment and to be to be the people that are setting the example for mm -hmm. other people to look up to. Yes. You know, one thing I thought was really beautiful too, like the people driving by and honking, it's like every delivery truck, every truck, every kind of like worker truck, every worker vehicle that drives, every bus, the queue line, like every single it was the Domino's worker driven vehicle yeah. is honking the loudest. And that's oh, like yeah. the beautiful thing. That's like fuel, right? That just like charges oh, yeah. people up. It's great. The honks are good. We love the honks. Oh, um, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, yeah, it's it's been a great feeling. I was protesting or protesting, picketing, sorry. Um <laughs> switch the brain over. But I was picketing outside where I work. And where I work is outside where where are you broadcasting from? Do you, are you in Michigan? Uh, I'm coming out of New Orleans, Louisiana. So you don't have Myers, huh? Meyer? What's Meyer? Uh, it's like a local supermarket chain. Um, no, no, the Great no. Lakes. I work like in. It Myers was the most Michigan. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> I just forgot if it's called Meyer or Myers, but it, it's Myers. a it's a local supermarket chain, and there's like a boutique, like Whole Foods knockoff version of it. That and then the Great Lakes I work in is inside that. So I'm outside today picketing that, and I'm waving through the window because I know a bunch of the people who work at that Myers, just grocery store workers. We're cool. We talk every day. And like seeing them smile and like how happy it made them to see us just out there, like not at work, just dancing, just having a good time. I gave one of them a hug. Like I walked into the store for a second um, to like use the bathroom or something and saw a couple people that I used to see at work every day, you know, different jobs, but like same industry type thing. And like they were they were glowing. Like, I swear they were so happy to see it. And um, that that alone made all this worth it.
um, on, you know, and then there's so much more to it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, after Wednesday, I went to that, uh, Myers location and, um, a lot of the people that I served, like we are, we know about each other's lives. I got invited to parties. It's like the, we, the reason I went to, um, work at that place is it's further away from my home. I only uh, normally work at the Midtown location, but it's like, I love the people who work there. They were smiling. They're like, oh my God, I saw the news. I saw the newspaper. You guys are amazing. You should be so proud of yourself. You guys are so young. And it's, it felt so good. It's like, not only do we have the support in within the coffee industry we have the support within other labor workers and it's like we're one big family solidarity that's what solidarity and is i love it i'd is. like to also add um gray lakes coffee is not like a small boutique like mom and pop one-off store yeah um, yeah i don't know anything about great lakes Coffee. okay yeah so so we have three like main locations another one that's like just in a mortgage office in pontiac um, but it's also a roastery and the beans get sold to a bunch of grocery stores. They get sold to like independent cafes that just serve our beans. Um, it almost sounds like like breweries do, you know? Yeah, I, they might take their business model from that. But so many it's such it's an institution. It really it, it's been in Detroit for 15 years and it's been treating workers badly or longer than 15. Don't quote me on that. But it's been treating workers badly the whole time. So I've I've had people reach out to me. I don't even know who follow me for like music stuff and say like, oh, you work at Great Lakes, you guys are on strike. Like, that's great. Like I worked there five years ago and it sucked. So that's that's the last little piece of this is that just like, um, even just within the culture of Great Lakes itself, there has been so like, people are so happy to see this. Mm -hmm. um, everyone I've talked to knows someone who's worked for Great Lakes and had a bad experience. Uh, you know, it's not like uh it's yeah. not a new development. It's finally, no. finally no. the workers. Uh, it's that, the that camel's time. back broke. You know, that's the only thing that's new. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. On my TikTok, I've been getting comments from um, like regulars, and I've been getting comments from old Great Lakes workers. They're like, "Oh, I worked there a couple of years ago." Turns out nothing changed, huh? I'm so glad yeah. you guys are doing this. It's like, oh, I was it was right for me to leave at the time because nothing changed. And yeah. then it's like I've seen a couple comments like that, and it it makes me feel a little stronger because you're you know you're fighting the good fight. Yeah. And it's gonna it's you're gonna get you know you're getting what you want. Yeah. And, and yeah, on, on another level, it feels really good. If I think about it in terms of like, this is about us, it's about workers, and it's also about real community. And like, you know, every all, all the workers are, are, I'm not even gonna, tangent, but what I'm saying is, um, so many of us live in Detroit and Hamtramck, right? This is where we live, this is where we pay our rent, this is where we buy our food, we support these, businesses we're going to shows here um and the company isn't based in detroit or hamtramck it's based way up in the suburbs up in bloomfield so i think there is an awareness that we're generating all this wealth down here in detroit detroit people are coming and spending their money here detroit people are working here and getting underpaid we can't invest back as much in our community and then the profits are getting pipelined out of the city um really literally like where the money is going it's not staying in the city of detroit 
And, you know, that's not all right. The wealth is being created here. Detroit should benefit from that. And like the workers who live here should benefit from it. And those Um, and those those suburbs or whatever have significantly lower tax rates. So the basis of it mm -hmm. is is often like the reason that they're headquartered in those kinds of places because they get away with like not doing their part to keep yeah. the streets but then but then they'll say everything about community like five times a sentence if you read their um like the back of their coffee bags is community blah blah yeah. blah it's but almost it's like, like they're it's almost like they're compensating they're overcompensating yeah it's <laughs> almost like dude and like okay this is just maybe petty but like they're called great lakes coffee company and like in michigan that's kind of like a joke like everything's called great lakes yeah it's like this is just like a non name. It's just like a business and it's trying to be this like community fixture thing, but it's so impersonal if you actually look at it. And so like not rooted here. Um, yeah. that it's like putting, a, it's putting a local branding onto the, onto the, on the factory, you know, that's all it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I, I, let me add this. You do that here all the time, big, easy, whatever, you know, <laughs> they actually have another location in Key West, Florida. Um, awesome. By the by, by the Great Lake, what Okeechobee yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> the greatest lake, the Pacific Ocean or Atlantic. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> the Gulf of Mexico is pretty great. Anyway, but anyway. you were making a point. No, I don't think oh, I was. Just, I'm just, sorry. The fact that, <laughs> just the fact that 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 yeah, obviously, just that just the, name the, the phoniness have. of of their whole thing, of their whole yeah. brand, um, and the real the reality of our real community, our this real comrades and coffee mm-hmm. is real. It's not just some words on a bag. It's it's real people that like like each other and are going to look out for each other. Um, totally, you can't buy that. You know, totally, totally. So in terms of, you mentioned uh, you're getting support from, um, you know, people locally. What was, what's the support been like more broadly? Um, I know that the, the Starbucks union has been uh, showing some support for you guys as well. Um, what else have you sort of seen as far as like, like, like there's, there's some national attention that's on you guys, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Uh- just through social media, I've noticed there's people from Oregon, people from um, Florida, like people that you that haven't been to Michigan. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, they don't know Great Lakes Baristas specifically, but they know baristas. They know the hardships labor workers face. And that's enough for them to like up, up uh, like post, um, retweet, repost and just spread the news. And there's people I know in New Jersey who are like, oh, I see you on here. What happened? I haven't spoken to these people in like four years. And it's like, there's, it's moving very fast in really, really, really widespread locations. And that is something I didn't see coming. Like, especially, it hasn't even been, what, three days? It's been two days since we um, had that strike. It's Friday, it happened on Wednesday, and it's already done so much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i will also add like the interest like from like press wise has just been like just so so profound like we were getting like national interest from people wanting to know more like the coffee industry like coffee trade magazine industry like it's just been like incredible from like from top to bottom in terms of how much like there have been interest from media and covering and talking to these workers and hearing about what's going on just because it's not just in the coffee industry that there's an interest 
it's specifically like workers on strike period like across all industries there's still that tri- strike tober fever jeff oh yeah tober lives on we're in strikeuary baby strikeuary. i mean like even so just to kind of talk on on that point like even media that doesn't even know what's going on like i'm, I'm always when, when you talk about that i'm always reminded about the um when the teamsters went on strike down here um and the the lady the reporter who was obviously like trying to be like very very like supportive or at least tell the story honestly started like talking about oh these teamsters they're a team and they're calling themselves the 270 group and there's all this other stuff <laughs> but, like like, well, it's, I it's had no to, I, like ignorance right i had to answer the best questions from like a coffee industry magazine writer who just co- covers coffee stuff and was like writing about history of unions in the coffee industry i'm like this might be a little bit of a load to take on (laughs) like i was explaining basic things before i was even trying to like at least like a recognition strike is something unique and maybe you don't really have heard of but like i was explaining the basic difference between like an international union and a local union yeah but to their credit they're covering it they're seeing a trend and they're seeing that it's something to cover in the industry yeah, it's something that's like not really in like the public consciousness. It's not really in like how we even like, you know, speaking for I'm a teacher in Louisiana, right? And like all of my experience teaching social studies, like, like there's almost no mention or no like deep talk about, you yeah. know, unions and labor or any of that kind of stuff. Unless yeah. a teacher that's in that class like makes a point to do that which is never a part of the curriculum and it's never on the test, right? <laughs> yeah. To, to, uh, to this region's credit, um, and maybe it was just what I tuned into because um, mm-hmm. it was what interested me, but because Detroit has such a, a huge labor history, a huge union history, um, and we did learn about things like uh, the Ford strikes in school or things of like, um, you know, I, I what even though they don't, they treat it, weird they treat it like this is something they had to do long ago but like we don't need them anymore because they got all corrupt and they just want your money oh my god uh oh my god i i think that the other really unique thing that allowed us to move so fast with unionizing is um and obviously this is not something like nothing is is like strictly generational but we're all young enough to be like so post-union that we know it's good we weren't around for the propaganda that told you they were bad Mm -hmm. um you know what i mean like we're so far post-union and we see how bad it is that we know it's good is that true (laughs) i want to piggyback off of that covid had such a big 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 like input on that it's uh, especially on when you were at home locked up all you have is your phone all you have is social media and TikTok blew up over COVID and all of TikTok was filled up of how corporations and COVID, like corporations don't care about their workers and COVID really showed that. And that also made people go back to history of how this has happened before, how workers had to take things into their own hands. And I have learned a lot, a lot about unionizing just off of TikTok. I'm right now in my English class writing a paper on unions and unionizing and I'm doing so much research and it's Detroit is the home almost of like unionizing it's there's so many um past 
Wayne State professors who were part of like the whole striking and organizing in Detroit way back. There's like so much books I have come into contact with. And it's like, I feel, I'm like, oh my God, this is my culture. This is me, this is, this is my culture, this is my city. And part of our chant was, this is our streets. And yeah. it is our streets. That was, uh, yeah, that was a beautiful part of, of the protest on Wednesday or the rally on Wednesday um, was just being in Detroit, you know? I was across the street from the Majestic. It's like an iconic venue building. There's a bowling alley downstairs. Like, I grew up going down here, you know what I mean? Like, this is where I live and all the support and love from the city of Detroit and like the history and how deep it goes. Um, one of our One of our union friends made the point that uh factory jobs were not inherently good jobs everyone's like oh where'd the fact was it you <laughs> oh i'm um, just i'm like that's right because i was literally oh, like okay. i was gonna bring this up like you're yeah. talking about detroit labor history but you yeah. are making a hundred years later you're the new history yeah because factory jobs were not inherently good everyone's like oh where'd the factory jobs go now everyone's broke there's nothing inherently um profitable or good for workers about that until they unionized and until they they organized around it and now that's just what we have to do with making coffee. If that's the job that's available and that's the job we're working, that's the job we're going to unionize and and get a fair shake out of. Um, I just, there's I, no I just, reason it can't be like that. I, I also want to point out that prior to the pandemic, like in 2019, when we had our annual Every Five Years Unite Here International has a convention, and we had um, far surpassed our, our initial goals to hit by 2019, we had organized so many new members we were the fastest growing private sector union in the AFL-CIO. And then the pandemic hit, which obviously just devastated our union. And we're like at a fraction back um, from what we were beforehand. But we still organized 15,000 new workers since the pandemic between uh, March 2020 and the end of 2021. That's not including the uh, 24 new members we're going to get from this unit because that includes the people who didn't sign their cards because they're still going to be part of this union, whether they like it or not. Like we're still going to represent them and they're still going to benefit from it. But that that's prior to, to the pandemic as the fastest. Like there's something happening in the hospitality industry that's only been like further catalyzed or whatever, further um furthered um from the pandemic because i just think people in this industry have been fed up and i think now and hearing leah even say that this generation is now being organized by twitter like that's just blowing my mind as a comms person and i just think it's just really exciting for specifically the hospitality industry where people are starting to recognize their own power yeah totally I want to uh, just touch on something that you mentioned a few minutes ago um, prior to that, what you just said, but you mentioned that, that these are the people that make are making history now. Like you're a part of Detroit labor history. And like one of the things that I think poisons our brains, um, like, like just sort of generally, and I think about this a lot, and this is me being a nerd for a minute, but like, there's this sort of um, idea that like has been used by like, you know, common like thought, almost like common philosophy. This idea of like this, Fuk this Francis Fukuyama is like history has ended, End and like history, essentially yeah. we're, we're just yeah. like managing this perfect, perfectly developed world that's already yeah. been sort of completed. You talking and, about like capitalist realism, like Mark Fisher, like those things go history, together. Yeah. I think I think like that is, and, and even 
even Fukuyama himself, who's like a modern philosopher, he's like backtracked on him. He's like a like a liberal you know, weirdo. But no, um, weird. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, like like the fact that like what Diana pointed out earlier that y'all are making history now is always super critical to kind of like hammer home. Like history has mm -hmm. never been never finished being written. No, you know what I mean, no. I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost like empowering to think of it in that way too, because like Absolutely. the fact that like history is over and everything that's meaningful has ever happened already happened means that like what's the point of anything? It sort of like generally sort of encourages a certain kind of malaise. Yes, and um, even not to be even, a nerd about it, but that's just no. You're right, and I I think that uh, even like the frictionless utopia that they think they're describing would be a bummer. Um, but it's not even the case. Uh, there are enormous struggles and challenges um, the world is facing that need answers and actions today. Um, we, we're not off the hook yet. Uh, I, you know what I mean? I think it's it's absolutely absurd to think of history that way because, um, no, there's quite a bit of struggle we have to engage in today. Uh, it's always. We're always. not done. It's not, history's not done with us, you know, so... Yeah. We can't be done with it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to make one more point. Oh, you want to say something, Diana? Oh, I want to make one more point and then we can sort of uh, get out of here. But uh, among some of the online support that I've seen, there was one particular person, or not person really, but one particular online cat that has uh, shown some support. And like, look, I don't get <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand the internet. But what is the deal with George the Cat? And like, what's going on there? Because, George because is a union boy. George is yes. a union boy. Okay, yes. talk about what's going on there a little bit. Don't you stand an orange cat too, Jack? I love orange cats. You saw, I mean, if you're watching on Twitch, you saw Sam running around over here a minute ago. But like, yeah, I like, think what's going on is that this moment for unions has trickled down all the way to our domestic <laughs> friends at home or domestic pets at home. So yeah. I just think that we're in such a powerful moment that like unions for all. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. Totally. I signed the poster. We have a poster at the union hall and I signed it with my cat's name. Oh my god, what's oh, your cat's name? I love that you all did that, by the way. We noticed that just hanging on the wall. We're like, look, they all signed it. I want one. I want you all to sign one for me, too. Yeah. What's your cat's name? I have two. One is Cement, and the other one is Malachi. Oh my god. That's who I was wondering who wrote Cement on the poster. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be confusing if you, yeah. I have one of I was right like, here. oh, maybe that's oh. Cement. I have Oh! Oh. Oh. This one's Malachi. Kiki, oh. they're babies. They're, so, they're so little. Look they out. are. They're only four months old. Oh my god! Are they siblings? They are sisters. Is one fluffy and one short-haired? Yes. That's like my cats. I had two brothers. One, they looked exactly alike. Only one was fluffy, and I still have Calvin. Yeah. yeah. When they were babies, you could not tell them apart. It's and the cutest thing ever. I like. <laughs> I like having a pair where one's fuzzy and one's not, and they have the same face, so you could tell they're siblings. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. We just took over. No, that's um, okay. That's Kiki. Kiki. They're also a comrade. Hi, Kiki. Barista comrades. Hi, nice to meet you, Kiki. Can't hear you. Probably, I think he's the a comrade in coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh, look at this cat. 
I love cats, and the internet loves cats. So there you go. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, the George phenomenon is incredible. Like, it's just so wild seeing this cat on like CNN. There was a CNN article written about George. I yesterday. cannot believe <laughs> Anyway, wow. this was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I appreciate hanging out with y'all. Yeah. Um, I guess. Oh my God, Max Maximilian is still uh is still listening. Hi, Max from Baltimore. Max. Oh, I was like, what? Max yeah, from we, Baltimore yeah. is still on. Yeah, oh, we, we stand George. Us. Thanks, Max. We love George. Yeah. Yeah. Max loves <laughs> solidarity. Solidarity. Um. Solidarity. Anyway, um, is there anything that um people could do? to help out or to help get the word out with um, what y'all are doing? Do y'all have anything that y'all can, can tell about? about Wednesday? What's yes. Wednesday? The people in Detroit. Oh, yeah. Well, two things. First, I'm going to plug the Instagram, the socials. Um, what is it? It's just Comrades and Coffee on Instagram, right? Yeah. Comrades yeah. and Coffee on Instagram. Yeah. Go ahead, Leah. And that's also the TikTok account. And then our Twitter account is different. It it's is... coffee underscore comrades. Yeah, twi yes. coffee underscore comrades is the Twitter. Let me let me. I'm, I'm going to share the Twitter in chat, and then um, uh, I think you get the rest of them from there. Yes, um, but on, in terms of that Wednesday rally, uh, it's going to. We decided to do it at Jefferson, I believe, at noon, right at the Jefferson yeah, mm -hmm. location. Does anyone know the exact address of that? It's 1475, I... right? That sounds right. 1475 East Jefferson, Detroit, Michigan, noon, Wednesday. Um, we will be posting heavily about it on all the socials. And it's uh, going to be on our personal socials, too. You cannot mm -hmm. miss it. Bring your friends if you can't come. Tell your friends. Mm -hmm. Animals. Yeah. Kiki's bringing their grandparents, you know. Oh, I love that. That is adorable. They're 90. <laughs> oh, sweet. Uh, Kiki's third generation. Uh, part of a union so kiki's grandfather was a union member so oh that's so sweet oh my god he said he's paying for his medical bills right now hell yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. what i'm trying to say my granddad was in a union in england and like you know it's it's so funny how it's treated like a dirty word now and uh, even a couple generations ago it was just such a standard part of life mm -hmm. um it's really we got to get it back until yeah. until a better alternative emerges. Um, yeah, we need unions. Hundred uh, percent. Need them. Everyone needs one. I want to see everyone on strike. Yeah. In the world. Buddy. Well, <laughs> so um, actually, just on kind of on that point, on the on the strike point, um, some of the, both, uh, what was it, Minneapolis and um, St. Paul teachers and educators uh, voted ninety-seven percent. Yeah. To, to go on strike uh, out there, so huge shout out to those folks too. Like, go get them! Love to see it. I, I, I am stunned, if I'm completely honest. Like I'm, I'm stunned that more teachers in more places are not on strike because it, the conditions yeah, are absolutely terrible right now. It's horrible. It's like, horrible. It. No, no, my um, my roommate is a uh, is a kindergarten assistant, like early. Childhood. And assistants yeah. don't make anything like like yeah. barriers and stuff. No, yeah, make, no. For, for what she does, I mean, she's like raising children, making yeah. like fifteen an hour. They <laughs> should literally make twice what they make. Like yeah. Paris should literally just get their their salaries doubled immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insane that that's not the case. You know, we just gotta. Oh no, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get there. Yeah, we're gonna. We get have it. to. We're one. This more is not in the sustainable. Pot. One more. <laughs> there you go. Keep it rolling. 
You're gonna keep it rolling like Limp Biscuit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess, um, just just real quick, you say you're uh, in a band. What what, what oh. kind of what kind of music do you do? Oh, okay, all right, cheeky plug. Okay, yeah, I'm in a band. Out. Um, it used to be called Who Boy, uh, mm -hmm. and so I still have some music released with with that name. But we just recently changed the name to Honeysucker. Um, if you want to find us on Instagram, that's yeah. Honeysucker three thousand. We're still in the process of setting up our uh, streaming services. We're going to be moving some songs over from the old band. It's okay, Deanna. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, bye, all. Bye. bye Diana. But yes, uh, we're called Honeysucker. Honeysucker3000 on Instagram. Check it out. I play guitar. I write um, a good amount of the music with my friends. And it's kind of, uh, kind of like dreamy, um, indie electronic uh it's amazing for, yeah mm -hmm. yeah i was at a show my biggest before. fan it was it was incredible i have your vintage merch yeah back when it was Boy. <laughs> back when you, it was you, Boy, you got the dead stock Boy merch is there like a website or something i could pull up mm, you got just our instagram we really just relaunched with a new name like a couple i mean you, well. yeah um yeah if you want to check out the music just check out who boy all the most recent tracks that's honeysucker that's the same band um so it's like the last like five tracks we released and then our instagram at honeysucker 3000 um i'll be posting a lot about shows we play and yeah it's gonna be great cool yeah 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 yeah, yeah. all right well thank y'all it's like so nice meeting y'all and like yeah it's so nice meeting you yeah y'all should um us. i mean if y'all ever want to come back and just kind of talk a little bit more informally just hang out um y'all can just hit me up um eminent yeah, we, we do this show on it's like on local community radio and in, in mm -hmm. which is super fun um it's like low pressure it's like yeah you know, it's it's like one of those sorts of things that we just roll up on a saturday morning like what we're we gonna talk about today like me and my <laughs> stuff it's it's kind of cool nice. yeah no I, I i'd love to i i honestly i feel like i'm maybe I don't regret saying anything, but I feel like I maybe was a little more intense about certain things because I am a little hungry. Um, so maybe mm -hmm. next time I'll eat first. That's and, cool. That's cool. Uh, not get so angry about um, <laughs> my job. You should be angry about that shit, though. Oh, no, I know. I know. I'm, I'm mostly joking. <laughs> mostly way of saying I'm hungry. <laughs> and excusing anything I said that I'm going to listen back later and cringe at, I'll say. I was just hungry. Okay. Yeah, there, there you go. If you built it in. <laughs> well, super cool meeting y'all. Like, like really, y'all have an awesome day. And like, yeah, y'all kicking man. ass up there. What's your cat's name? Uh, so the cat, the orange. So I have five cats now, and oh, I was very to go with that. I love that. <laughs> so I never had cats in my life, right? Ever. Never had cats until like I was thirty-five years old. Um, and we got Sam, the orange cat that was over there, that was like running around over here. About six months later. We got a black, white, and brown tortoise cat, like a little one. Like she was still a kitten, like a mm -hmm. couple of months old, right? Her name is, we named her Phoebe. Like she was found in like her own like shit and stuff like that. Like just absolute destitute cat. We brought her up over here, all these other things. She ages a couple of months. This is 2020, right? March 2020, literally the week that COVID starts, she somehow escapes the house. She somehow got out. And, you know, we had all these things. We we're like trying to scramble to get her back. She's very skittish. She's a tortoise shell. Plus, she's a, uh, like, plus, she was like 
kind of still feral. We eventually get her back. We get her back, and in June, she has three kittens, so now we have five fucking cats. <laughs> <laughs> How are the kittens? How are the babies? Oh, they're awesome. They're just absolute lunatics, the whole group of them. They're just, we have two of them are tuxedos. They almost look almost exactly alike. And then one of them is all black, except for like a little like spot on the chest. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have two dogs that are running around too so we have just like so many around here dang i got a couple cats but they're my roommate's cats but i got a, a half kitten she's she's growing up fast um named christmas mouse and then tchotchke a little tuxedo cat and then bonkers just moved out but he was like the little hellion gray cat always causing trouble yeah we have oh. flick lincoln zero and sam so the orange cat. That's are great, man. That's I love, that. love them. Everyone loves them. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, gotta, anyway, we're gonna wrap it you up. Gotta unionize your cats. <laughs> they they get whatever they want. They're like a like a like a roving gang that just sort of like <laughs> comes up, they smash, and they just get whatever they want. So they're they're, they're all right. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. My cats are tough. They're little street cats. They. Oh, no. They 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 they're like mafia union cats. Oh yeah, they instantly know how to fuck shit up. You they, know? they know how to get a no show contract. It's natural to them. <laughs> like, yeah, All right, take a leaf out of cat. Anyway, I'm gonna let you, you go. It was really lovely time. talking to you. Thanks for talking. Solidarity from New Orleans, like seriously. Yes. Uh, if y'all ever need anything blasted out, let me know. Of course. Thank you. All right. All right. Last time, follow Comrades in Coffee and you'll stay yes. updated. Comrades Come to the rally coffee. next Wednesday on Jefferson. See you there. See you there. Honeysucker3000 on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no. Bye. All right. Take it easy. Bye, Leah.